Welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, I thought I'd be healthier, in better shape, feel better both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and be further along in my life? If so, come on this journey with my dad as he explores all things health and wellness from a holistic, medical perspective, even as a classically trained physician. He'll share integrative strategies to optimize health and inspire you to join the modern medicine movement. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast. Dr. Thomas Hemingway here and sending you a big aloha. How you doing, guys? Oh my gosh, another year 2021. Oh, it's a beautiful day, the 21st of January in the year 2021. So all those 21s, which is a multiple of lucky number seven. It's a great day. It's going to be a great year. I'm pumped. So welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. So excited to have you here. So grateful for each and every one of you that takes this time out of your busy days, busy schedules to learn a little bit more about health wellness, how you can optimize your life. So thank you for listening. And thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. That's the way we get the word out, guys. I really appreciate each and every review. I read every single one on Apple Podcasts. I love, love, love when you give me feedback. So if you haven't already, which (laughs) unfortunately is most of you guys, um, please, please, please write a review. Hit the uh, five star button, which is the star farthest to you. You're right on Apple Podcasts. Right below that is a little link on the left with a square with a little pencil coming out the top. Click on that link to write a review and just tell me what you're learning. Tell me what you're liking. Just give give me a little feedback there on what you've enjoyed, maybe what you'd like to know more about, or just anything positive that you've gleaned from this podcast because that's what really, 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 really helps get the word out. And our numbers are going up. I mentioned last week we're in the top 100 podcasts, health podcasts in the whole world. Like, that's freaking awesome. I'm pumped. And we're only there because of you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. That's why I do this. I do this for you. I'm humbled to be on this journey with you, and I appreciate you so much. So if you haven't already, drop a review. Also, subscribe to the podcast. Also, join my free group. I have a Facebook group entitled Modern Medicine Movement Health and Wellness Facebook group, which is free. You'll be the first to know about any podcast release. You'll get some extra bonus material there, discussions, lives that I do for free, which are awesome. Get your feedback. Talk about topics that you care about. And you get to see me live, which is kind of fun. So I do those once a week and uh, a lot of cool stuff there. So join the group. Also, um, as mentioned, you can email me, Modern Medicine Movement Podcast at Gmail. I'm pretty old school that way. Um, or look me up on Facebook under Modern Medicine Movement Podcast or on Instagram at Aloha Surf Doc or Modern Medicine Movement. I'm there both places and in. Uh, Follow me, share content, uh, just, you know, see what's going on. You'll be the first to know about any podcast. So, hey, this week, guys, I'm pumped because (laughs) we have a podcast that literally will talk about the root of all disease, if not every single one, 99.9999% of all illness, all disease stems from this 
one major issue. And interestingly enough, this is an issue that the body does, and it does, you know, or, or tries to do this to help solve a problem, but most often it is found at the root of almost all chronic diseases from heart disease, diabetes, cancer, high blood pressure, mood disorders like anxiety, depression, uh, stress can cause this as well, a lot of stomach and intestinal disorders. Um, you know, the list is, is super long. Inflammatory bowel conditions such as ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, irritable bowel, which is IBS. All these conditions are caused by this one thing. Anybody know what it is? We're going to talk about this one thing today, which is at the root, and it is, drumroll, inflammation. Inflammation. Now, a couple of podcasts back, we had Dr. Benjamin Bickman, who's an amazing scientist. We talked all about insulin resistance, and it is a type of inflammation, and he proposes that this is at the root of nearly all diseases. In fact, his book was entitled, Why We Get Sick. And if you guys haven't read it yet, man, you got to get that book. It was an awesome book. Talks about a lot of stuff, but in a very simple way that I think we can all relate to. And then has some good positive action steps towards the end, how we can get rid of this condition, which affects 88% of us in this planet Earth. (laughs) So to say it is common is like saying milk is white or the sky is blue or whatever, you know, it's like stating the obvious. It is so common, insulin resistance. And at the heart of insulin resistance, part and parcel to it is actually inflammation. Inflammation is the deeper root to this issue. And so let's back it up. We'll talk about what is inflammation. What the heck is inflammation? Well, I think we all know that let's say for example we get injured we cut ourselves or we bang our arm or leg or whatever what's the first thing that happens boom inflammation right the blood flows to that area the cells rush in typically they're the um, white cells and there's also inflammatory cells that release histamine they're called mast cells Um, there's all kinds of cells that rush to the site in response to an acute injury. And that's a good kind of inflammation. That's what we call acute. Not like cutie, like you're a cutie, but acute, A-C-U-T-E, which just means abrupt, you know, quick-acting, brief, and not long-lived inflammation that comes in to fight some condition, either an infection or an injury And that's the good kind of inflammation. That's the kind you want to have to be able to solve and fix a problem, right? If you get a big cut, you want your immune cells to go in there and chew up any invaders, any bacteria or whatever that might be trying to get in. Those would be your macrophages, you know, your natural killer cells. Later on, it would be other types of white blood cells, you know, that would come in and try to help out. Um, you also have other inflammatory, you know, cells trying to get in there to to heal the area. You know, you'll have things called platelets to plug the 
you know, the wound, so to speak, so you don't bleed to death. You know, all these kind of things are acute inflammation acting for a good purpose to <laughs> fix a problem, right? An acute infection or an acute injury. And that's okay. That's a short duration, short term, right? And what do we get out of it? We usually notice some redness or swelling at the area. Um, the symptoms come on quickly, and they usually resolve with, within a few days or a week or so as your body returns to its normal state. Now, the issue that we're going to talk about today is the chronic inflammation, which is, generally speaking, one that is protracted. In other words, it lasts a long time, weeks, months, or even years. This is often when our immune cells have gone awry and they're overstimulated, overacting, and they're basically causing this cascade of inflammation for a purpose that is not, <laughs> you know, necessarily a good one. And oftentimes they attack normal healthy tissue and cause inflammation when it shouldn't be there, right? You guys have heard of inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, for example. That's where your inflammatory cells attack the joints, like the synovial lining. That's the lining of your joints. Attack it. For no good reason. It doesn't need to attack it. It's not an injured area that you've fallen on or whatever. It just attacks it for no good reason. It's the inflammatory response gone awry, gone amok, as some might say. This can also happen in the bowels, right? You guys have heard of the inflammatory bowel conditions, right? You've heard of things like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. You know, it can happen in skin conditions like rosacea. It can happen in um, other forms of arthritis called JRA, juvenile, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, which has uh, classic skin findings as well as the heat and swelling and pain of the joints. You can also get inflammation causing lots of other GI conditions, everything from IBS, inflammatory, or I, I should say irritable bowel syndrome to dyspepsia, which is heartburn or gastric reflux. And then the worst typically um, of all of these chronic inflammatory conditions is basically cancer. Cancer is the immune system gone amok, causing chronic inflammation and basically our cells not being able to keep these precancerous cells in check. Because I think a lot of us may not know this, but basically on any given day, 24 hours a day, we have cells that are trying to cause trouble. You know, these so-called oncogenic cells, which are sort of the precursor to cancer, cancer-causing cells. And if your immune system is functioning properly, it basically attacks and kills and eats up these bad, <laughs> up-to-no-good cells. You know, you've heard of this process called autophagy. I talked about that, uh, I believe it was last week or the week before, this um, basically cleanup process, the housekeeping process that our body undergoes naturally to clean up, you know, inflammation, to clean up these precursor uh, cancer cells and things like that. Autophagy, generally speaking, is a good thing. And it's usually, you know, not going well if we have chronic inflammation. It's not able to keep up because chronic inflammation goes on and on and on and on. And it's not what we want because it is literally at the root of nearly every illness out there including the number one, two, and three killers out there, which are basically number one, 
is heart disease, right? Heart disease, heart attacks, all the conditions of the blood vessels that cause heart attack. Uh, stroke is up there. Cancer is up there. Um, these are the top causes of death in the world and all can be traced back to inflammation, right? Heart attacks, it's inflammation of the blood vessels causing that plaque buildup, which is the improper you know, deposition of these fatty deposits by these inflammatory cells called macrophages, which later turn into what's called foam cells. And this all stems from inflammation. So what the heck? <laughs> now that we know that this is basically at the root of all bad health conditions or or many, if not all, of the chronic diseases, including cancer, what the heck can we do about this? What can we do about it? Well, we're going to get to that real, real, real soon. Let me just throw out a few of the symptoms of inflammation, okay? A few of the symptoms. Just think about, take a moment, pause, and think, have you ever had any of these symptoms? Do you have any of them currently and then we'll talk about what can be done about this. Okay, primarily a non-medication approach because I love, love, love the natural remedies more than I love pharmaceuticals because often they not only work better, but for sure they have way less problems or side effects and, and ill you know, toward um, effects from, from the pharmaceuticals. So anyway... Let's get into it. What are some of the common symptoms? Have you ever had achy joints or just kind of achy muscles? These would be described as arthralgias for achy or inflamed joints or myalgias for achy or inflamed muscles, constant or chronic fatigue, you feel tired all the time, low energy, do you have trouble sleeping, do you have any mood states that bother you like do you feel down more often than you should do you feel depressed do you feel anxious do you get you know panic attacks or just irritated easily any kind of mood uh, issue could be caused by inflammation as well as lots of the gastrointestinal or gi symptoms that we've talked about things like crampiness in your gut in your abdomen you know Pains in your abdomen, nausea, diarrhea, alternating constipation, then diarrhea, you know, sort of goes back and forth, acid reflux, problems with weight gain, difficulty losing weight, difficulty with cravings, especially those things that ain't so good for us, you know, like the simple sugars, refined carbohydrates, highly processed things that we just tend to crave. You have problems with cravings, you have problems with frequent infections. Do you get sinus infections every time any one of your family members or friends happens to have something? Do you end up with it? Like, it doesn't have to be this way. And, and these are all symptoms of inflammation, okay? I think I would not be stepping out on a limb if I were to say that 100% of humans have had one of these symptoms at some point in our lives. If not, Right now, you know, others such as brain fog, less peppy, less energy than we would like to have, difficulty focusing, difficulty concentrating, difficulty remembering things. You can even have trouble with uh, complex tasks, 
you know, due to this so-called brain fog. Um, you know, there's lots and lots of symptoms, and they all have at the root this inflammation. And so now that we have a laundry list of all, not, not all, but just a lot of the possible symptoms, which I think any one of us have had at some point in our life, maybe even a couple of them right now, like, why do we get this? What causes it? Well, oftentimes it can be traced back to that old dictum I like to say that food is medicine. Or it could be toxin or poison. It just depends on what we put in, right? There's some really not-so-great things out there that unfortunately we often put into our bodies for one reason or another. Have you guys ever heard of the anti-inflammatory diet, for example, or, you know, the autoimmune protocol, you know, AIP, you know, all these sort of, you know, less inflammatory foods that are out there that are better for us to eat because there's lots and lots and lots and lots of food items and things that we consume oftentimes way too much of that are directly responsible for inflammation. Some of the simple ones that I think most of us have heard of before are too much sugar, right? Especially the highly refined and processed sugars, the carbohydrates that come in packages, right? With the labels that talk about more than five ingredients, you know, all of the cookies and cakes and candies and most breads, not all, but most breads and crackers and anything (laughs) out there that comes in a package that is some type of carbohydrate, most of that stuff is not good for us, okay? I know that's probably not what we all want to hear because a lot of those things are kind of tasty, right? Like who doesn't like a real salty potato chip every now and then? (laughs) And and there are a couple of brands out there that are better than others, but 90 plus percent of them are total crap, right? Because they have too many refined carbohydrates, highly processed things. But they also have, in addition to these refined and processed sugars, probably equally bad for us are the seed oils, right, that uh, are so commonplace and present in almost all processed foods, things that have canola oil, safflower, sunflower oil, vegetable oil, basically any seed oil out there, right, rapeseed oil, all of these processed oils out there are super inflammatory. I talked all about this on a previous podcast, so I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty, but basically they have too many what's called um, unsaturated um, bonds. They have double bonds with the hydrogens, which basically means that they have room for getting oxidized, right? Getting oxidized. So these are pro-inflammatory. Anything that has any of these seed oils in it is super inflammatory. And if you start reading labels, you're going to find out that Like almost everything that has a barcode, almost everything that has a label is going to have highly refined processed ingredients such as carbohydrates and seed oils, right? Soy oil is one of these. It's a seed oil and it ain't that good for you. In fact, I would say avoid it. Avoid canola. Avoid soy oil. Avoid grapeseed oil. Avoid vegetable oil. 
Avoid safflower, sunflower, even if it says organic sunflower oil. These are still crap. They're still PUFAs. They're polyunsaturated fatty acids, and they're super inflammatory. The better oils out there are the saturated ones, which are the natural ones, like natural organic butter, like simple butter. Like, it's okay. That's the good stuff. Coconut oil and the purest forms of olive oil and avocado oil that are not highly processed, these are way better for you because they have much less of a percentage of PUFAs in them. Much, 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 much less. So stick to the normal, real (laughs) foods that don't come from high-level processing. If you want to hear all about that part, in particular, the oils, the seed oils, the fats, please, please, please go back and listen to my podcast on that because I get into it. All right, another one of the inflammatory um, triggers or foods, I should say, is alcohol. Okay, now this is basically, you know, any kind of alcohol that's more than just a smidge, right, of a little bit of red wine. Anything that we do in excess typically is not not awesome. And alcohol is one of these things. So if you're having more than just a little bit of red wine at night, if you're doing a couple of glasses of it or if you're doing a bottle of it, I mean, that's not good for a lot of reasons. Super inflammatory. It also wreaks havoc on your gut bacteria. It promotes the bad bacteria as well as yeast, and you can get all kinds of issues from too much alcohol. So please, 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 um, you know, in moderation, right? Moderation in all things, even if it's so-called potentially good for you, like a little bit of red wine. Um, but if you you don't drink at all, um, there's also the same benefits you can get from the red wine um, you can get from just the dark, you know, colorful fruits like grapes and blueberries and things like that. So you don't have to drink wine or any alcohol at all to get the benefits that people talk about from red wine. Also, you should try to avoid highly processed meats, right? If you're buying bologna, like my mom used to back in the day because it was dirt cheap, right? You know the song? (laughs) B-O-L-O-G-N-A. I could sing that as a kid because that's what we got. I mean, it was pretty kind of disgusting to think about it. Like I would have some kind of piece of highly processed bread on either side, a piece of bologna, or just a piece of highly processed ham or something. And I would have a, you know, one of these singles of Velveeta or Kraft cheese food, right? They can't even call it cheese because it's not cheese. Like, it's like the worst thing ever. And I think it's amazing I'm still alive, right? I'm almost 50 now. And I was surviving as a kid on like bologna and Velveeta, you know, sandwiches on highly processed white bread, you know. <laughs> Later when I got to high school, I kind of learned a little bit about, you know, better health and things. And so I talked my mom into buying, you know, just whole wheat bread. Um, that was a little healthier. And, and then I would try to do something less inflammatory, you know, on that if I could get a hold of it. But but anyway, <laughs> these things are not good for us. Super, super inflammatory. The sugars, the refined and processed carbohydrates and flours, the alcohol in excess, processed meats, you know, any kind of processed meat out there, bologna, you know, really highly processed hams and turkeys and and almost all hot dogs out there. I have found one good one, which I can actually recommend to you guys, which I don't get any kickbacks from. They don't sponsor the show, but it comes from a ranch in Wyoming in one of my favorite places in the world in the Teton area. It's called Teton Waters Ranch, and they make a hot dog that's 
organic grass fed. They even throw in some organic mushrooms in there to season it up and it's got all good ingredients. So that's one that I can recommend and I do buy for my kids. They love them. Um, so there are some, but rare meats out there that are processed that you can eat that aren't going to be super inflammatory, but most of them just read the ingredients. If they have a whole bunch of ingredients there, remember my five ingredient rule, you probably just need to toss it. Also, anything that has any hydrogenated fats or so-called trans fats, the so-called margarines, you know, all of the shortenings, vegetable shortenings, um, any of these highly processed hydrogenated oils are to be avoided like the plague. (laughs) These are really, 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 really pro-inflammatory for the same reasons that I mentioned really with the seed oils. So you want to, you know, try to avoid all of those. Um, And then we'll talk about in just a moment, we'll talk about foods that are anti-inflammatory, foods that will help reverse this. And it can actually be reversed in a pretty short period of time, which is pretty stinking awesome. I try to teach you guys concepts that you can do, you can affect change and affect change pretty readily, pretty rapidly. Even if you've had literally months and years of inflammation, I can teach you in several podcasts about how you can get that inflammation way, 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 way down in a matter of days to weeks. Like it doesn't take a lifetime to get rid of this. The seed oils do take a little longer, so you got to be super conscientious about avoiding them because they get incorporated into our cells. You know that old dictum, you are what you eat? Well, it's actually true. (laughs) We are what we eat. The stuff that we put in gets incorporated into our own cells and is literally the building blocks. Anyway, I digress. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So how do you know if you have inflammation anyway? Is there a test for that? Do you guys know? How do you know if you have inflammation? Well, if you have any of those symptoms I mentioned previously, there's a good chance you have some inflammation. Probably the most sensitive test out there, in other words, the one that's going to pick up Almost all cases of inflammation is called C, that's the letter C, reactive protein or CRP. And the best one to detect any level of inflammation out there is the highly sensitive C reactive protein. That's the HSCRP, highly sensitive C reactive protein. And typically that's done nowadays even for detection, very early detection of heart disease because Remember, at the outset, I mentioned heart disease is one of these inflammatory conditions. It has inflammation at the root. So you can ask your doctor to add to your regular routine blood work a highly sensitive CRP. And what that will tell you is if you have inflammation going on in your body. It won't tell you necessarily the cause of the inflammation. So caveat here, if you're sick with a little bit of cough and cold and body aches and you think you have little bit of the flu or heaven forbid, you know, COVID-19 or any of those things. If you think you might have one of those acute, you know, conditions that comes up quickly, don't go out and get your CRP tested because of course it's going to be elevated. Try to get your CRP tested when you're feeling at your normal baseline, because that's going to be a little bit better indicator of one of these inflammatory conditions gone amok, so to speak, where you, you know, probably shouldn't be having an elevated level of this highly sensitive C-reactive protein, which could indicate any one of these inflammatory conditions. Um, 
So check it when you're feeling otherwise normal and healthy. Don't check it when you're feeling sick, like you're under the weather. Okay, so that's probably the best test out there. There's others like the ESR, which is the erythrocyte sedimentation rate. There's one called serum protein electrophoresis, and there's all kinds of rheumatoid factors and lupus anticoagulant and lupus testing and complement levels, all these kinds of other fancy tests. But I would just say stick with a highly sensitive CRP to your routine blood work. Try to get this done at least once a year in addition to your fasting blood glucose, your chemistries, your fasting insulin level, and you'll be in good shape to help determine if you have inflammation going on in your body. And so what do you do if you do have inflammation, which is, according to Dr. Bickman, it's at least 88% of us do have ongoing inflammation and some level of insulin resistance. And so if you do have an elevated CRP or HSCRP, the highly sensitive C-reactive protein, which tends to go hand in hand with insulin resistance because that is a type of inflammation, um, typically they will be elevated together and if you do have this, which is most of us, what the heck can you do? Well, start simple. Start with diet, right? All of those things I mentioned a few minutes ago that cause inflammation, the processed foods, the seed oils, the highly processed meats, too much alcohol, you know, the trans hydrogenated fats, all of those things, number one, Throw them out. Go to your pantry today and throw out all of these things. Just toss them. It's a new year, a new you. Let's get healthy, right? Let's get healthy, not just for today, tomorrow, or the next day, but for life. And the way to do that is, number one, get rid of the crap that causes the issues, <laughs> the inflammation. Just toss all that stuff, right? And then we need to add in or add more of, if we're already eating them, the healthy stuff, which tends to be natural, whole Foods, specifically anti-inflammatory foods, would include those that have antioxidants, like my favorite, things like berries, you know, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries, cherries, you know, all these brightly colored, hopefully fresh, organic, non-GMO, you know, fruits out there. They are the best. They not only are good for you in that they don't cause inflammation, but they can actually decrease inflammation, right? They are anti-inflammatory in and of themselves because of their high level of antioxidants. And they come from real, fresh, whole food. Also, fish, ahi, tuna, salmon, mackerel, my favorite fresh fish out there because it's rich in the omega-3 fatty acids, which are not like the omega-6 pro-inflammatory PUFAs that I just talked about earlier. They are the good type of omegas out there, right? There's omega-3s and the omega-6s. You really want the omega-3s to have a bigger percentage of your diet than the omega-6s. And most of us, probably 88 or 90% of us, have too many omega-6s in our diet, which are all of those other unsaturated oils that I've talked about earlier and in a previous podcast. So you want the good ones, which is from fatty fish, right? The salmon, the tuna, the ahi, and make sure you get fresh caught wild. Don't get the farm stuff. The farm stuff is not awesome. Also, if you like, anchovies have omega-3s. If you like, I know, it's it's not super popular, but fish eggs, right? If you like the eggs, 
<laughs> right? I, I, I don't know if I've ever had the fish eggs, but uh, those actually are high in the, in the uh, omega-3s. Also krill. You know, have you heard of krill? Krill oil is, is sometimes what people supplement with because it's rich in omega-3s. Also, some of my favorite vegetables are anti-inflammatory by nature, like broccoli, kale, you know, the deep green stuff, asparagus, avocados, you know, it has the healthy oil, um, the monounsaturated healthy oils, avocados, even green tea. If you like green tea, I happen to take some supplements that have green tea extract, um, because specifically it has lots of antioxidant capability. So it is not only good for you, but it's good for decreasing inflammation. Also mushrooms. You guys like a nice diced up, you know, or, or cooked uh, portobello mushroom or shiitake mushrooms. These are anti-inflammatory. A lot of the spices out there that we use. Anybody in the house like Thai food, right? Curcumin, which is super awesome, right? Has turmeric in it, the curcumins, which are super common in Thai food. Ginger is great with anti-inflammatory properties. Cloves, uh, some of the peppers out there. So spices can do this. I personally love turmeric, which is the curcumin, like in Thai food, or if I can't get awesome Thai food. And shout out, you guys, please, please, please tell me where I can find awesome Thai food at the moment, <laughs> I happen to be in the mountains of Utah, and uh, we can come down into the valley every so often, and I would love to know where I can get some awesome Thai food. So send me a, a message, send me an email, let me know where I can get some great Thai food. I may not get my wife to to have it, but I do have a couple of kids that like it, um, so I'd love to know some great Thai food. But Thai food has curcumin, which is turmeric. Um, ginger is great as well, cloves. Um, paprika, some of the peppers out there. Also tomatoes or tomatoes, however you like to say them, but they are anti-inflammatory as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, there's uh, other things, right, that, that can decrease inf- inflammation, which is basically lowering our stress can decrease inflammation. Exercising regularly, the so-called six for six or seven for seven, you know, just get out and move every day. That can help. Having a good, you know, seven, eight hour quality sleep every night, that can help decrease inflammation. Um, Avoiding other triggers besides the ones I mentioned, things like smoking are super inflammatory, right? Super, super, super inflammatory. And, um, you know, I would like to really, really, really focus on the things that are easy for us, you know, to control, which basically is what we put into our mouth, right? Most of us put things into our mouth one, two, or three or more times a day, and we're either helping ourselves or hurting ourselves simply by monitoring and just just paying attention to what we put into our mouth. So, All those foods I talked about that are rich in antioxidants, everything from the oily fishes like tuna, which in Hawaii is ahi, which I love, 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 love me some ahi. Um, The fruits, you know, all the berries we talked about, the blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, cherries, the deeply colored vegetables that I talked about, the broccoli, the kale, the spinach, also some of the um, nuts and seeds can be helpful as well, macadamia, Nuts, for example, are rich in the good kind of oil, you know, the monounsaturated oils. I'm sticking to simple, unprocessed, unrefined, just pressed 
oils, which are like avocado oil, the most virgin olive oil. Hopefully you're buying them pressed and not, you know, highly processed. You don't want to have the really processed ones because that actually removes some of the good stuff. And also, you know, they have to succumb to much more, you know, basically um, harming mechanical processes, high pressures or high heats or whatever. So try to stick to the pressed oils if you can. Olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, um, the spices we talked about, the ginger, the turmeric. Um, Also, you know, the teas, like the green teas can be helpful. Probiotics and prebiotics can also be helpful because they can promote the good kind of gut bacteria, which can help decrease inflammation. Prebiotics are basically these non-digestible fiber-containing, mostly vegetables that will help fuel and provide food for our good gut bacteria so that they can produce what's called the short-chain fatty acids, which can serve as fuel for us and will help us in that regard as well. Um, And so, you know, considering doing prebiotic-rich foods, which are usually going to be vegetables, um, asparagus, broccoli, you know, the, the ones I talked about already can be great having high contents of the prebiotic material. Also avoiding, once again, the processed things that make us inflamed. Have any of you guys gone out to eat? You know, I'm not going to mention any names, but let's say, you know, we went out and we ate some super processed dinner, you know, maybe some fried food, some dessert at the end. I'm not going to mention any particular restaurant. And then like the next day or even that same evening, we like didn't feel so awesome. We felt a little puffy. We felt a little bit you know, like we got swollen, (laughs) you know, we just didn't feel awesome. Maybe our muscles or joints hurt a little bit. Well, hey, there you have it. There's a sign right there. You ate inflammatory things. I know I personally get that if I eat too many processed things, you know, if I go out to eat and I have some French fries, for example, because I can guarantee you 99% of the French fries you get out there are with seed oils, like you find me a freaking awesome French fry that has been fried in, you know, hopefully avocado oil, coconut oil, you know, um, olive oil. Probably avocado would be best because it tolerates the heat. If you can find me a good one out there that might be healthy, message me on that too because I haven't, I haven't found it yet. So I, I try to eat things like that super rarely, you know. But just remember, we don't have to be perfect, right? My son had a birthday uh, recently and. What did I eat? I ate a piece of cake. You know, the funny thing is I don't really even like cake, but it was his, you know, it was his birthday for crying out loud. So I had a piece of cake and guess what? Afterwards, I didn't feel that awesome. (laughs) So I've learned my lesson, right? I don't eat a piece of cake every single dinner. You know, I might eat a piece of cake once a month and, or maybe, you know, in our case it's about every other month. We got six kids. So there's quite a few birthdays in a year. So I might have a piece of cake every other month which is okay. Like you don't have to be perfect. Don't, don't get too hard on yourself. Remember the 80, 20 rule, which is that 80% of the time you make really good, healthy decisions with respect to your food and how you take care of your body and that sort of thing. And then, you know, 20% of the time you can maybe cheat a little bit, like have a piece of your son's birthday cake. Like that's okay. (laughs) Anyway, also, um, besides all the awesome, fresh fruits and vegetables. I mentioned, you know, the so-called nightshade ones. I, I forgot to mention a couple of those things like eggplants and peppers and, and things like that. Um, 
A lot of those you got to be a little bit careful with because in certain people, they can um, cause inflammation. So if you notice that, you know, a certain type of deep, you know, um, colored like eggplant or certain peppers, some people, even tomatoes um, can flare up inflammation in that person. So, you know, if you find that uh, that, you know, triggers you, well, just avoid that. Like there's no one you know, meal plan or diet or whatever that's going to fit every single person out there because we're all unique. We're all different. And that's part of why we are awesome, right? As humans, there's so much variety, uniqueness among us, yet there's so much the same as well. And sticking to basically fresh, whole, natural, unprocessed foods is going to be one of the main you know, ingredients to cutting inflammation, right? A lot of people have talked about from time to time, you know, do you have to go like vegan to decrease inflammation? And the answer to that is a resounding no. Like, do I eat tons and tons and tons of fruits and vegetables? Absolutely. Do I eat meat? Absolutely. But I have to choose wisely the meat that I eat, like that highly processed bologna, you know, the B-O-L-O-G-N-A. I don't eat that stuff anymore. I rarely eat any processed meats. I'll eat a whew, a nice piece of grass-fed, grass-finished ribeye or tri-tip or something like that with a good, healthy, you know, saturated fat on it that's real. It's not processed. I didn't cook it in any oil, you know, just in its own natural you know, marbling is what I cooked it in and with. Um, maybe throw in a little pepper or a little, you know, spice, a little butter if I if I cook with any kind of a, um, you know, if I cooked it on the on the pan and the, uh, you know, on the range I would throw some butter on there. But usually I cook it on the grill so I don't have to add any any kind of butter. But that kind of meat is okay. Natural, whole, grass fed, grass finished is fine. But all the processed stuff, try to steer steer clear. So. Eat the good stuff, which is the real, the raw, the natural whole foods, all those awesome berries out there, the fatty fishes, as I mentioned several times, the broccolis, the kales, the avocados. Oh, my gosh, my favorite of all times. Uh, the green tea, the, you know, the mushrooms that I talked about, the shiitake mushrooms, um, they're full of antioxidants, right? They are awesome. There's also a lion's mane um, that can have a good number of antioxidants in that as well. Portobello's I talked about, even the grapes. Um, some people get their, um, you know, daily small glass of wine because of the resveratrol benefit. I just get it from eating grapes or lots of berries. I don't, I don't drink, and I just find that I can get that from other sources, and so you can, you can do that. Um, also, the turmerics or the curcumins that I talked about, the pressed oils like the extra virgin olive oils even a little bit okay here's a little doesn't have to fall into the 20 percent. i'll let you put this one in the 80 percent, which is a little cacao right a little bit of dark chocolate because it actually has some antioxidant qualities related to these things called flavanols so a little bit of dark chocolate you know, look at the ingredients once again. Hopefully, they're not using a bunch of highly processed garbage, but 70% cacao is going to be full of some anti-inflammatory uh, benefits. So a little chocolate is all right, but make sure the ingredients uh, uh, pass the test. You don't have the garbage stuff and the highly processed stuff um, 
I mentioned some things that are vitamin C containing, lots of the fruits I mentioned, also tomatoes. But like I said, some people are sensitive to tomatoes. So, so just, you know, take a look, make sure it's not something that triggers you. Cherries are awesome. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is just avoid the crap, the pro-inflammatory stuff, right? The seed oils, the highly processed carbs, the smoking, the drinking alcohol too much and all these kinds of things. And, and then also besides eating all the good stuff that we've talked about, ad nauseum, move your body, move your body every day to some degree, at least six times a day, or excuse me, six times a week, <laughs> six times a week, you know, get your six for six exercise in. Shout out to my wife, Brooke, who leads the six for six movement. Hopefully you guys are following her because she even gives you lots of tips and videos on how you can do that. Uh, I personally like to move my body seven days a week, but on the seventh day, you know, I'm not, I'm not crushing it. I'll j- usually just go for a walk which is awesome. I love the fresh air, getting myself some vitamin M for movement, the vitamin N for nature, which has been shown to decrease stress and decreasing stress decreases inflammation. So try to decrease your stress, get better sleep, get your seven, eight hours of quality sleep, watch your circadian rhythms, watch that, you know, make sure you're avoiding eating, you know, three hours before bed. You don't want to exercise right before bed either. You don't want to uh, do screen time right before bed either. So try to, you know, get into a good routine. Listen to my podcast on sleep if you want more info there. Get your mood up and elevated. I did a podcast on that early on that was pretty cool. We talked all about the positive benefits of an elevated mood that can be basically, you know, triggering all of the good stuff in our body and, and not the bad stuff because the bad stuff is like the stress hormone, right? The cortisol. We don't want that to be up all the time. We want the good stress or the you stress, not the bad stress. And I talked all about that in a previous podcast. So eat the good stuff, the natural stuff, avoid the bad stuff, move your body, get good sleep, right? Get your mood up, get your vitamin N, (laughs) get your nature on. If you can spend a few minutes out in nature every day, even if it's cold outside, just to breathe some fresh air, Do it, do it, do it, do it, and I promise you, you will feel better. You will reap the rewards. And you can do this. Everything I mentioned today is doable, it's practical, it's not difficult. You can lead an awesome life, each and every one of you. You can feel good, you can have the energy that you want, that you desire, you can decrease inflammation, and you can do so simply you don't even need a notebook you don't have to calorie count you don't have to keep track in the sense that you don't have to write everything down as long as you stick to simple whole real food and then avoid the bad stuff clean that pantry out this week i want to hear about it show me a picture share it with me on instagram on facebook let me know you've cleaned your pantry out you got rid of the seed oils you got rid of the highly processed foods and you bought a whole bunch of good stuff some fresh ahi, some fresh berries, whatever. Show me. I want to see it. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. 2021 is going to be an awesome year. We can do this. We can do it together and we can do it simply. It's doable. It's achievable. You all are capable. You all can do this. So until next week, just shouting you all out. I love you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And keep sharing. Keep sharing the good word. Keep Keep, keep, keep it real. Keep doing it. And remember, it's not hard. You can live a healthy life 
and it's not hard. Love you guys. Aloha.